This episode brought to you by Team Stripes Academy. Learn from some of the top officials in the world. Start today at TeamStripesAcademy.com. It's just like, <laughs> you're just like, you're just flying through. A lot of ton of Jesus by the referees going in on the ace. What? <laughs> what? Continue. I hope you're going to be funnier in the actual podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to the Team Stripes Podcast. The podcast for hockey referees. Each show, we discuss the world of officiating and find out that not everything is black and white. Here are your hosts, Daniel Spence and Brandon Bourgeois. Yeah, welcome back to another episode of the Team Stripes podcast. We are pretty lucky uh, this week to have two grade A celebrity guests with us. Um, on my immediate right, um, from Prince Edward Island, we have TJ Courtney, who is a junior A official as well as CIS official with big dreams down the road. And then on my far right, we have Mike Kehoe, who is a former American Hockey League linesman and now one of the senior officials here in the Ottawa area. So both of you guys, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. Uh, Appreciate it. Big fan of the show, so nice to be able to contribute in any way. So you follow you followed our last uh, three episodes, then? I did. I really enjoyed them, and glad we can continue the stream of Maritimers making an appearance. Yeah, we uh, we are actually integrating our first non-Maritimer today. Maritime uh, blood, Maritime blood. Dad is from good old uh, New Glasgow, New Nova Scotia. Uh, yeah. So uh, both parents and brother went to Saint Ovex. So yeah, and half my family went to Saint Ovex. So I got Maritime blood. I, I'm almost. I don't, know if that, I don't know if that counts, to be honest with I mean, you. But fair enough. Fair enough. Import. Put a flag on that one. Yeah, so why don't you guys just kind of give the listeners uh, listening at home a little uh, intro about yourselves. I'm sure Kehoe's got to be a legend there, so I'm sure most people listening will, will know who he is, but why don't you guys just fill in for the folks that don't uh, don't know. TJ, maybe you want to you start out here? Yeah, sure. So uh, this is my, I want to say, 14th season as an official, so I started back in... Uh, Sherwood, Prince Edward Island, so little suburb of Charlottetown, and started just so I could stay connected to the game. And you know, after a couple of years, you just kind of meet some good people, and you have a lot of fun, and things kind of progress from there. So now I'm at the point where I'm refereeing junior hockey, and obviously now in the Ottawa area. So things uh, progress pretty fast, but glad I'm still on the ice, and glad I can uh, still be part of the game that I love so much. Mike, how about uh, how about yourself? Well, I uh, I'm born and raised here in Canada, uh, in the west uh, west side of Ottawa. I uh, started officiating when I was about 14, uh, so I'm, I think I'm going on my 14th or 15th season now. Uh, with TJ, um, coming up out of Canada, working just working the, the house league up to the to the competitive, to the midgets, to the triple A's, and then finally making it into junior, and then kind of just pushing myself and and making it from junior to fortunately to, to uh, uh, the CHL which is now the equivalent to the uh, which merged to the East Coast Hockey League um, and uh, and first year I got called up to the to the A uh, the AHL and it was a dream come true was uh, told my dad about it he flew down so he got to see me for a couple games which probably were one of the lifetime opportunities I think I ever could have uh, yeah, now I'm back in Ottawa. Uh, I've been back. I was only down south for a year. I've been back, and now I'm actually starting to refereeing more. 
uh, refereeing at the junior B level uh, with potentially refereeing at the junior A level next year. Um, and yeah, so lining uh, uh, junior A as of right now, um, but basically just more aspirations with the uh, as a referee now with the uh, the the floaters as they call it. Don't want to be a puck chaser anymore. No, I had. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, picked up enough pucks in my life, and I'm starting to get a little old for the icing, skating down after the icing. So, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see how how next year goes. Well, it's, uh, no, thanks for coming, both you guys, onto our, our podcast, and we're certainly uh, glad to have you. And uh, right now, as we are currently speaking, uh, I guess two out of three of us have gotten cut from uh, the junior playoffs, but there's still one of us going strong. TJ <laughs> is currently refereeing in the junior A finals here in the Ottawa area. Can you maybe talk about how your playoffs have gone and maybe uh, what you have to look forward to here? Yeah, it's uh, it's been good so far. Everybody uh, everybody always looks forward to the playoffs, and the, the game just gets a little faster and it's a little more exciting at that time. So uh, the games now, you I mean, you want to be sharp every time you step on the ice, but the playoffs, there's just that little bit of extra pressure and that extra uh, microscope on you every game. So just uh, making sure you're focused. And so it's good to be able to work this deep and you can't take, take for granted any opportunity you can get there. So uh, it's been a good season so far and hopefully it continues. TJ, I got to say, if you were doing post-game interviews in like a locker room, you'd be spot on. Like, these are some <laughs> great post-game clips. You say all the right things here, you know? But have, you, like, have you seen Letterkenny lately? Like, <laughs> acting like Yeah, you know, I uh, just got to get pucks in deep and uh, do our best and uh, just dig deep and we'll, we'll be successful. Yeah. <laughs> No, but uh, so like in the playoffs for right now, you guys have uh, you guys are officiating the Ottawa Junior Canadians and the Carlton Place. No, wait, Ottawa. What's it called? Ottawa. Sorry, I don't really know the team. So, uh, the <laughs> Ottawa the Junior the Senators, club. right? And the Carlton Place Canadians, two of the top Junior A teams in the country. I mean, how do you handle that uh, that big assignment with these two these two pretty powerful teams? Uh, it's uh, it's really good hockey, like you said. They're really they're two really powerful teams. Uh, so being able to work the games, it's. It's fast-paced hockey. It's hard-hitting hockey. And being able to go out there, it's it's really about keeping your composure and keeping your focus because they're going to bring their best every game. So we have, we have to be the same. And uh, some of the best hockey I've seen all year has been uh, been in this series. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that makes sense to me. Like, I mean, uh, Mike, like looking at your kind of pretty broad background, what, uh, what kind of experience have you gotten through the playoffs? Like, I mean, what's your take on what's going on now? I mean... Basically, it's, in, in my mind, when I think about playoffs, I think about it's it's another it's a higher level of of competitiveness that you don't see throughout the year. It's it's another it's another battleground. It's it's another war. It's it's the whole. You may have won the battle, but you'll lose the war saying. Whereas in literally every game is a war, and it's just it's faster. It's more hits, uh, higher intensity. Every every inch counts, and I love it, and I just love the pressure of it, and I love going out there every game when I when I get the chance to, and just watching good hot, like the probably the best hockey at the, t- at the time being. Yeah, and it's kind of funny to say it, like it's a battle, it's a war, and like you think that applies to the players, but I mean you've seen kind of on TV in the last few days and weeks. I mean referees seem to be going down left and right. Um, I know Steve Barton, linesman in the NHL, just, I don't know, he just seems like he's gotten a bad stretch of luck here, and he's gone down twice. I mean, 
Mike, I know you've worked those professional levels and you've dealt with injuries before. I mean, can you sympathize with them at all? Absolutely. Uh, I know Bart has had a uh, had a rough uh, a rough couple uh, couple weeks. I think it was first it was concussion he got, and then now he got uh, uh, I think it was a torn or torn something ACL, and then also a dislocated kneecap, which is what I've had about eight times myself. Um, I've had it happen to me on the ice about three or four times. And let me tell you. And on the dance floor, and, crazy horse. And oh, on, really? <laughs> yeah, one, one time on the dance floor. <laughs> yeah, wow. um, That's a story for another podcast. <laughs> I can tell you for sure, though, it is not. It's it's not an easy pain to, to let go. Um, it's it's a weird pain. It it it, it hits you like nothing. Um, and it's one of those things where you, you want to get back out on the ice right away, but at the same time. Uh, for myself, uh, a knee like that, uh, consulting doctors and whatnot, like we like you can get surgery, but also it's it is also likely to happen again. Um, and so I I chose not to get surgery myself, whether it was the right decision or not. Um, I can definitely feel feel sympathy for for Steve Barton right now for what he's going through. Um, usually, for the most part, like the thing like those injuries at the higher level. Should never really happen to, to officials, um, and and as as you can tell, they haven't happened a whole lot uh, recently, and it's just it's just a bad luck basically. Um, for when I was doing games at that level, I there was times where I thought I was just going to get completely smoked, and I'm waiting for waiting to get hit, and I got my eyes closed, and then I open my eyes, and the puck's down like going down down the ice because they. For the most part, players know where you are and how to avoid you. And as long as you don't get in the way, you're pretty good. To you're pretty clear for that part. Uh, so so yeah. all the kids listening out there, when something's about to happen, just close your eyes and it'll all be okay. <laughs> and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah, click, click your heels three times, and you're good to go. But uh, no, that's, tough. That's the TJ Courtney school of refereeing, right there. <laughs> See no evil, call no evil. <laughs> that's yeah. the maritime way. Yeah. Just ask him about goalie interference calls, and we'll Well, before switching to that, because I, I do want to, you know, because TJ's obviously had his, his fair share of goalie interference experiences, and that's a big issue still now if you watch the current NHL. But, like, before switching over, I mean, with the whole injury thing, I mean, like, is it different from an official and a player? Because when I played, I mean, if I get injured, you have a bunch of other teammates to take over for you. But as a referee, like, can you risk that when, you know, you might have that crew that might need to, you know? shift and you know work down a couple games or i mean you don't want to you don't want to rely on other people when you go down because i feel like in my opinion when i got hurt i i always felt i was letting the crew down because we're a team out there uh a lot of people will always say there's two teams on the ice but then we can always chime back and say well there's actually three uh not a lot of people realize that the officiating crew is is a team um we communicate out on the ice where when fans and parents and coaches don't realize it or even players. Um, so I feel like I, the last thing I want to do is go down hurt and, and let my team down. Um, but then again, accidents happen and, and whatnot. And I've also been on the ice when officials go down. Uh, a local official named Dave Vauer took a, a slap shot to the foot and we had to officiate a, a remainder of a junior C game. And it was getting pretty rough. And uh, we basically just took it by stride and, and, and adapted with the situation and overcome 
overcame any obstacle that kind of came our way. Right. So, yeah, switching over to kind of goalie interference now. So, as a linesman over here, I don't really know much about goalie interference, but TJ, like, is that something that's taken a while for you to get to, to kind of learn how to how it works? And, like, have you had your own experiences with it? And maybe could you comment kind of on, <laughs> you know, the, the situation in the NHL nowadays? Uh, yeah, I mean, from a referee's perspective, goalie interference, I feel like we haven't had the the issue that the NHL level has. Obviously, we don't have the coaches challenged, so we don't have the chance to to pour over plays as closely as they do. Uh, in terms of my own personal experiences with goalie interference, uh, it's funny you bring that up because Mike and I uh, worked a game together last season. I won't mention uh, any teams or any names, but the crux of it is the, there was some contact made with the goalie that I thought was uh, less severe than it turned out to be. Uh, so I didn't call uh, call a penalty. Uh, immediately after teams, the, the other team scored to tie the game with the goalie still on the ice. Uh, and then that team ended up winning it in overtime. Uh, and in hindsight, after I watched the video and after we had a chat afterwards, I'll, I have no, no shame in saying I got the call wrong. If I could change it, I would. Uh, but I think that's another thing to take away from officiating is uh, don't think that just because you make a call that it's the right call and don't be scared to own up to making a mistake. I'll, I'll tell anybody that hears this story and Mike will be certain to uh, advocate. Yeah, he'll agree that the wrong call was made. But uh, in terms of goalie interference, I have, I'm not jealous of the guys at the pro level, that, especially how it was at the start of the season when they were pouring it over and you know, it seems that no matter what what call was made, there was uproar. Uh, so I'm glad yeah. that we don't have that issue at the junior level. Uh, and I hope I never have the the error that I made in the goalie interference last season come up again. Although Mike is always ready to remind me of it every chance he gets. <laughs> I am, yeah. But so Mike, why don't you step up there and help him out? Uh, was there? Oh, oh, any... I he I think that was in all in all to 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 support TJ though. He uh, he was the uh, the official. I was just the linesman, and he uh, normally, if the referee has pretty much a determined mind out there, I've learned from experience not to second guess him. He he feels like he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He's got the experience uh, at that level. He's got he, he's probably got a good sense of mind of what what's going to be said yeah. to the coaches or to the players. So the last thing I'm going to do is intervene and, and be and say tell him he's wrong in front of players or coaches. Um, general, the rule is if if the referee comes to the linesman after we can we can say our, our, our piece, which uh, which is what happened uh, in this case. But if and I've, I've refereed with TJ now at, at the junior level, and and it's just I've learned a lot from him too. So we, we can laugh about it now and, and over beers or whatnot or over drinks. And it was just one of those learning learning opportunities that we I think he had that I had. Uh, because if you go out there and think you know everything, then you're already lost. Right. Um, basically because not everyone's perfect. Even the NHL guys you can see are, are wrong. Um, but with, with the goalie interference calls going on in the uh, – on the uh, in the NHL right now, um, me having my mentality now turned to a, a referee rather than just a linesman. I'm trying to see the specifics of say where the contacts made, where where the stick is or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot. A lot of people will question it as always because we're officials. Um, 
but I find that nothing's always going to go the way you want it. Nothing's going to be perfect. We might see something at home that the referees didn't see at, uh, on the ice because then again, we have a split second to mm-hmm. make to make a call to make a judgment. Yeah. Whereas in you're sitting at home on the couch, they have the reviews and the commentators, and they everyone have has their input, and they can replay at different angles. But we still have the five seconds in our head of the one angle. And to be fair to Mike, in the this one particular situation we're talking about, uh, even if he does come to me and say that's definitely goal interference, I've already hung myself uh, procedurally because I really can't sell that to a coach if I wave off their tying goal okay. and say no, it turns out it was goal interference because then if the coach knows what he's doing, he's going to look at me and say, but you didn't call it, and the linesman can't make that call, uh, so. That's on me. So, I mean, Mike did come up to me and say that's the wrong one, but I sunk myself. I'm taking that one on my shoulders squarely. So are you saying procedurally it's still the wrong call to overturn, even though with your lines' opinion it, it could have been a goal interference? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a really tough one because obviously Hockey Canada has done a lot of research and they've had a lot of discussion with some very intelligent people in developing the rules and the procedures. Uh so, in the end, do you get the call right? I think that's the goal. Yeah. But at the same time, especially where we don't have the video on the ice, like looking at the video after that game, uh, I would certainly agree that it would have been ideal if I had gotten it right the first time around. But I think the procedures are in place uh, for the greater, the greater good, essentially, to say this is how it should go. And I think there's always going to be a little bit of a, a barrier between the procedure and directly getting it right without the support of video at the junior level. Luckily, I think there's a lot of really good officials that uh, that most of the time we are getting it right. Uh, but in that case, there is some scenarios where, you know, maybe if the procedure was relaxed, or if the rules were a little different, we could get away with that. Okay. And um, and also to back TJ up, um, the, the procedure in the if we're getting technical, uh, the, the Hockey Canada rulebook states that the, the situation we're talking about at hand would be only a minor penalty. Um, the the linesman cannot approach your official and say, true, yeah. and say that you missed that or, or you have to reverse the call because of a minor penalty. Mm-hmm. If the guy two-handed slashed the guy in the head or something and he's injured or checks, like, hits, a, hits the, uh, the opponent from behind... And it's a fu- and it's deemed a five minute major in my eyes. Um, I've learned from experience and whatnot that if it's a minor penalty, again, we still can't go up into the ref and be like, "You missed that," or "You should call it," or "That needs to be called." Um, only at major penalties in the rulebook of states where linesmen can go approach the official. Mm-hmm. If it's a minor penalty or any situational, obviously the ref can ask my opinion or or, or linesman opinion, um, and basically go from there. And uh, switching gears a little bit here, Mike, you talk about experience, and I know yourself and I have both gotten experience at working, you know, some some other professional leagues. But TJ, what's pretty cool with you is that you've had experience working big tournaments and big, you know, big events. So you know, with Hockey Canada and the IIHF, I'm wondering maybe if you can kind of maybe give a, a background into what you've done and and talk about uh, your experience with that, and maybe give a few lessons to. To those out there, look, you know, willing to work those 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 international tournaments. Yeah, so uh, I've been really lucky. Hockey Canada's uh, 
given me a lot of good opportunities. So as a linesman, I was fortunate enough to work the RBC Cup back in Summerside PEI. That's for Junior A? Uh, Junior A National okay. Championship. And I was also uh, selected to work the World Under-17 Challenge in 2014 in Cape Breton. Uh, so I was a linesman for those. And then as a referee, not quite as experienced at that stage, but uh, this year I was able to work the uh, World Junior A Challenge in Truro, Nova Scotia. Uh, so really good opportunities. And I think the lesson that comes out of that is... I think when everybody's refereeing and they're coming up, they see guys that get hired to go work major junior, they get hired to go work the pros, and those are opportunities that you strive for and really pursue those. Uh, but for me, the lesson that came out of those selections is that even if you never uh, get that opportunity to maybe get that hire to work the pro or work the major junior hockey, Hockey Canada and their relationship with the IIHF still leaves some really good opportunities for officials uh, to go work events like that, whether it's national championships, uh, some of the international challenges that Hockey Canada hosts, or on a grander scale, some of the international competitions that they send the amateur officials to. So if you never get that opportunity to go work uh, like the pro hockey, like you guys have been fortunate to, uh, these events will really give you a chance to work some really good hockey uh, at the amateur level. Okay, so just like give me give me a walk through how this whole process kind of works. Like, So you're talking about the World Junior A Challenge you went to this year. Like, how does that happen? Do you get a phone call? Like, how do you get chosen for something like that? Yeah, so uh, to referee at that, an event like that, you have to have your level six status, uh, which I was fortunate enough to get in 2015. And then from there, uh, when they host these events, the uh, the referee and chiefs of the branches will submit nominations uh, to the Hockey Canada Selection Committee. Uh, so Hockey Eastern Ontario was, uh, was kind enough to put my name forward for this year's event. Uh, so the event was in mid-December, so around early November, I got a, a phone call from the HEO Referee-in-Chief, and uh, he told me that he had put my name forward for this for this event, and that Hockey Canada was uh, had approved my selection. Uh, so I became one of the five referees that got an opportunity to work that event, and of the five referees, uh, the four guys I got to work with, uh, really good officials, a lot of them had really impressive resumes, uh, and really a great group of guys to come together with. I think another thing that's uh, key to talk about when you go to these events is you're there to do a, a job and you're there to uh, represent your branches and, and be a good official, but at the same time you get to meet some really good guys and hopefully have a really good time, and that's that's certainly the experience I had. Uh, have a good time, meet some really good officials, make some really good friends that I'm still in contact with, and uh, really it's an unbelievable experience to go and work that level of hockey. Mm-hmm. Mike, how about yourself? Do you have any experience working at any high-profile events? Uh, just oh, high-profile events, I believe. Well, I worked uh, Fred Page Cup in 2011, um, and, and when I was in Canada, and it's it was more symbolic for me because that was a that was the rink I did my very first game ever as an official. So to do one of the biggest tournaments of my career at the time. When they, when, when the Ottawa, uh, city of Ottawa actually bumped up, uh, put about, I believe it was $10,000 in renovations into the arena for the tournament. Um, it was, it was great to see a sold out crowd, standing room only, and having a lot of local officials come out to see you skate. And you might have heard a, a few chants of Kehoe. <laughs> and again, for my parents to see that was kind of, Again, beneficial. Um, it was some of the so again one of the great one of the greatest 
probably uh, turn out to all of her work. And then so some of the funniest stories you'll hear from when the Quebec team, one of the Quebec teams, if not the Quebec team, uh, skated off the ice after uh, in the second period um, because they felt they were getting really on yeah they <laughs> felt they were being penalized too much so on on us on their eighth penalty of the game because they were they were running around skating around hitting hitting a little high uh, and making a, a few dangerous hits um, they their coach actually told them okay boys let's go to the room they're like we're done. So I was standing at center ice with my linesman partner, Scott Wilson, at the time. And you were looking down the hall from the ice and you see half the team. You see the, the tournament coordinators, just everything. Just everyone's yelling at each other because they think the officiating is unclear or unfair. Sorry. But next thing you know, you get cops coming in left, right and center from all every side of the building thinking something's going on. But really, it's just a team being frustrated they're down five nothing and they just can't stop taking stupid penalties. Really? Yeah. It was, so that was one of the biggest, probably biggest tournaments I've done in my career. Um, and then after that, I went to the Don Koreski ref camp for the second year in a row in Toronto. Um, and that's where I got my contract to go ref in the CHL, which is more of a, at the time it was more of an older league where a lot of players that have, Played in the NHL, were coming down. You'll have the few that were coming up because uh, the CHL was also affiliated with East Coast and AHL teams too, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've met players that were ironically that were from the Ottawa area. Uh, and I, and again, like TJ said, you meet you meet officials that you become friends with, you're still in contact with. Um, and I know TJ has a has a few has a few buddies that are now refereeing in the in the NHL. Myself, I have. Uh, I have an official, I have a linesman that I was rooming with in, uh, in Tulsa that, sorry, he was in Dallas. I was living in Tulsa, um, that is now in the, uh, as a linesman in the NHL. He's been on full time for about two or three years. And I believe his brother actually just got hired on part time this year as well. Um, and, uh, my buddy played NCAA hockey. Um, his brother was playing in Europe for a year. My brother, uh, my own brother played in the OHL and, and played uh, in Belgium for a year, and then played CIS hockey and whatnot. And I always say he got the talent and I got the good looks. So <laughs> he, uh, I was always the house the house league player growing up. Um, I'm glad we're towards this is over the uh, the podcast because this is on video. People might not might not might not believe that. He, I'm calling bullshit. <laughs> he, he yeah he got the he got the talent. He's a lawyer now, but then again I have my hair still, so um, I have. He got. He has all his jerseys hung up and framed, and then I have my jerseys hung up. And uh, there's a few of my jerseys a little bit higher than his, so I. That's kind of my knock against him. I have. Um, so your parents have to pick favorites between the ref and the player. Sometimes, but then my sister's a doctor too, so it's kind of mm-hmm. like, what the hell happened to me? Right? So, <laughs> um, but no, like it's just hockey. You don't realize how how small a community hockey is until yeah. you're. In a, let alone another country or town, and and you're eight thousand miles away from home, and you're talking to a guy who grew up twenty minutes from your like the, the city you lived in, mm-hmm. and it's 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 unbelievable the the camaraderie that comes out of it in the long run. Um, 
and it's it's like like TJ said, it's just friends you'll you'll have forever. Yeah. Like and it's probably nice for some of the players too. I'd imagine I eh? like if you're from Ottawa and you run into a guy that's refereeing that's from Ottawa, it probably makes. Uh, we probably get excited to see another official from Ottawa until you realize it's Keo, and then <laughs> the excitement quickly goes away. Uh, like, uh, good old, I was doing uh, one of my AHL games for uh, Oklahoma City, and good old Ottawa boy, Ben, um, not Ben Sexton, Ben Sexton plays for the Ottawa Senators. Um, I don't remember his name, but there's an honorable guy, the Ottawa boy that was playing for the, uh, the, the, the Oklahoma City Barons. At the Barons. time, and he played. Actually, played. I actually played against my brother, so it was it was cool just to have a quick chit chat about coming back home and whatnot, and, and the difference. Did but, you ever get to ref your brother? No, I never did. He was he's a few years older than I myself, and uh, he he was gone at sixteen playing uh, in in for Sudbury, and then got traded to uh, Owen Sound, where he was playing. Was his D partner was actually uh, Mark Giordano. And he was playing with Bobby Ryan, who says at 16, Bobby Ryan was just unbelievable. You yeah. know, Owen Sound. Has it ever happened where you like the NHL or AHL has been a brother and a ref, or a brother, two brothers refing and playing at the same time? I don't know if that'd be a, like a conflict of interest or something. Like, I've never heard of that issue before, but if that was to ever happen where you were in the American League and he was playing and you were refing, would that be an issue? I don't think it'd be an issue because I think on that level, you're such a prof- you're you guys are both professionals where they they automatically assume there wouldn't be anything anything to worry about. Yeah. Um, comparing to where I know in Ottawa where if we've had a few uh, brothers that one's playing and one's refing, say junior B or junior A. Right. They, there's been issues there and the official or might get pulled from the game or something like that before. Yeah. Um, which is unfortunate because it makes like it it, from a business standpoint, obviously you don't want to have that 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 doubt or whatnot, um, that you, that worry of conflict of interest. But I believe in, if if it was to ever happen in the NHL, that it it wouldn't be a problem. Um, I know my brother played with a with a guy in Sudbury, Shane Alfonso, who's now a, a linesman in, in the NHL. The article on him yesterday actually that came out. If yeah. you saw that, thing. yeah. The, uh, he went from was it a financial advisor to to a linesman to a linesman yeah um, and his it's ironic because Shane Dor has a younger brother who I've met before and is now coaching a midget AAA team out of Toronto um, Shane Dor and his brother actually played together at uh, Lakehead in in Thunder Bay um, and it was funny I was skating out for a tournament in AAA in Canada and I skated out and I looked at the head coach to Toronto and I I, I um, I just looked at the face. I said, "Oh, that looks like Shane Alfonso," but like it can't be him. So I went up to the to Tankier asked to see his game sheet, and it was his brother actually. So I went over. I'm like, "You, you Shane Doe's brother?" He's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Oh, I'm Mike Kehoe. I, I'm Jimmy's brother. Jim Kehoe's little brother. Our brothers played together in in Sudbury." And he's like, "Yeah, I remember. Like we were. Uh-huh. I think I might have been about twelve or thirteen, and he might have been about." 14 or 15 when we both met and again it goes back to the hockey community it's just you you meet you might not see each other for a couple of years but it's it's funny if you guys are both connected in hockey you'll probably always hang out later small so, world eh? yeah, like, small I, you world. find that in anywhere you go it's a small and i've always tried to figure out why like the referee uh community is kind of so tight together like 
I mean, you guys, I'm sure you guys have noticed, like, the referee world's pretty tight. Like, even in here in Ottawa, you know, a lot of the refs will hang out together. I mean, do you guys know why that is, or have any? I think it's because we both we both know what each other goes through. Um, yeah. When TJ came into town, the first time I did a game with TJ, ironically, we were doing a game in Smith Falls, and uh, we and it was the first time I met TJ, and we were talking talking um, about how family from out east and whatnot, and hit, um, my brother went to Dalhousie University after St. of X, and it's ironic because TJ went there for his master's, so we were, we were, we were talking about that in the East Coast and whatnot, and then we go out and do a game, and then in the second second period? Third period. Third period with about 12 minutes to go, uh, TJ actually gets gets cut in a lip. Nice. <laughs> and he, he's bleeding. Does that mean he has to stop talking? <laughs> For once, nice. yeah, actually, nice. he won't like. He's not talking like skating up down the ice. <laughs> but in, yeah, he's, he. I see. I see the the stick come up and, and catch him in the mouth area, and I can see it skating up and down the ice. And he keeps tapping his tapping his lips to see how cut he is. And he's skating up and down, up and down, and all I see is just more blood getting spit on the ice. <laughs> and I felt bad for him because there wasn't a whistle for about six solid minutes, just straight up and down. And he, I'm like, I give the uh, Smith Falls trainer, who I knew at the time, just a heads up that TJ was cut and he was coming to him. So I think I think I might have made up a like an offside or offside. Puck, puck went out of play. Puck went out of play. <laughs> I, was, I was glad enough to blow my whistle with my lip. Seriously. So yeah, nice. because puck out of play is launched in theory, as we all know. So there's just blood all over the ice at this point. Blood, as if like someone got murdered almost. Jeez. And so TJ skates over to the bench covering his mouth, and I can't see how bad it is. The trainer cleans it up and takes the towel off, and we just both look at it and like, oh, that needs stitches. Good thing about Smith Falls is the uh, the ER room and the hospital is right across the street from the hockey room. <laughs> so TJ went off and uh, got about was waiting in the waiting room, and uh, my uh, part the other partner Derek Lowry, uh, who's also official. Uh, now I believe he's is he refing CIS now? Uh, he's linesman. He's CIS. Line CIS. Short little guy who played CIS hockey for Carlton though. Yeah. Uh, him and I finished the uh, finished the, the remainder the remainder of the, the junior A game, and we went over about I don't know about an hour and a half later, and TJ was still waiting in the waiting room, <laughs> even though there was him and about two other people. <laughs> anyway, he got he ended up getting ten stitches that that night, and I felt he felt bad because it, we were stuck in. Smith Falls ER room until about three o'clock in the morning, and we both every every official the next day in Canada had their had our annual uh, ref meeting where we had to do our, our ref exam the following day. So he showed up the next day with stitches and all. So he was a bit of a trooper, and I think <laughs> I think just something like that kind of like brings brings guys together. And since that day, um, TJ, I guess not knowing a whole lot of guys from Ottawa. Um, we, I'd always, every weekend, I'd always like just send him a text, make him feel welcome, kind of thing, like just maritime thing. You always want to make, make whoa, 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 <laughs> don't take that title. <laughs> wow, okay, okay, but we'll give it to you. Maritime like, blood. This is, a good, this is a nice story. <laughs> maritime blood. Okay. Uh, the way I was raised for my father, uh, is is you always want to make someone feel welcome in, in your home or, or city. And Steve would always also make me pick up the, any exchange guys coming into town. Um, but I don't know, it was just TJ and I was, got along great. And, and so every, every other weekend or every weekend I'd always send him a text seeing where he's skating. And if you want to always, uh, ever wanted to meet up for, for drinks or whatnot, 
And uh, I think one thing led to another, and ironically, now we're living together. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's a small world, like Mike said. You you go through the common experiences, you have those those times. So, uh, I mean, it's funny you come here, and there was a couple of guys that I was that I knew from working some events that were already in Ottawa, so that was a good connection. Uh, managed to get my lip busted open and that formed a relationship with Mike. And then, yeah. I mean, you would know, we come here, we're both maritime guys. We have a lot of mutual friends that are still going back home. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, you get those connections and it's, it's always nice because now I think we're all in a position where we can go pretty near any province, any city across the country and, and you'll have that network of guys or, yeah. you know, friend of a friend uh, that's, that's been on the ice. And it's, it's pretty cool. This is, Ottawa is my third branch uh, refereeing in, in the span of about four years. And I was really fortunate that every branch I went to, you meet really good guys, you form some really close friendships. Uh, and it's, you just kind of get very comfortable with guys very quickly uh, after you step on the ice with them and after you go through some of those experiences. Yeah. And how's it been? Uh, you guys under the same roof here? Has there been any, any fights or you guys get along pretty well? Uh, we've well, had a few dust ups, but uh, yeah, but beers might have been involved. Um, <laughs> I've uh, I've got three jerseys on the wall downstairs. Mike's uh, Mike's still hanging out with two. So yeah, I wish you guys could see this mural. It's it's creepy almost. They have a big mural <laughs> downstairs of all the referee jerseys of all the leagues they've worked. Sorry, my my jerseys have a little more weight than his. So <laughs> That's because you're a little heavier than I am. Yeah. <laughs> no, we've uh, we've had some good times. It's a good thing that TJ and I are both Leaf fans, so. Uh, so make sure you speak a little slower to them if you meet them in person. <laughs> uh, but no, we, uh, me, TJ, and I knew uh, I was living with another official who was moving out with his girlfriend. Uh, so I was talking to, talking to TJ about what his options were coming when his lease was up. And I know the place he was living at was pretty bad when hit a wheel over the washing machine to the kitchen sink <laughs> to get some water going. We don't need to get it. We don't have to get into a Cribs podcast. Sorry. Where'd you, where'd you live, man? Yeah. I actually thought it, re- I thought it was really convenient. The washing machine, you tuck it away, you roll it out, hook it up to the sink. I thought it was great. Mike wasn't a fan, but Mike's, Mike's been living with like standard electricity and water. Now, now we have a standard laundry room. And Probably felt just at home though at PEI, like PEI standards though. Yeah. I didn't have to take it down to the beach and use the uh, washing stone if I was happy. <laughs> uh, no, and through TJ, we met our other roommate and basically we've been in our new place since October and, and I'm sure all the referees out here listening are very, uh, very interested in our living situation. <laughs> So we, we haven't had any fights, basically. There's been no fights. There's been no issues. Uh, TJ stays in his room. I have my room. Fuck off. <laughs> some great referee discussions have taken place in there. <laughs> a lot of in-depth discussion. There has been some theory, late night. Theory and... There's been some late night strategy. Not strategy. Sessions, but like... Strategy meetings. But like, there's... Like, I'm always... I'm not afraid... Because of TJ's experience in all seriousness, I'm not afraid to ask him the what would he do there. Right. There's been times where we might look stupid, but like we've been out at, at bars and we're, we've done the like a situational awareness to everything. Like and we're like, we'll be watching a Sens game or a Leaf game, and what, and we'll be watching a ref tactic or not tactic. Like we'll be watching a ref skate around and and like we'll we'll both we'll go we'll shoot back and forth of ideas or like what would you do or whatnot. And I I take TJ's experience kind of more to heart just because. He's been around a higher level hockey. He's uh, as a as a referee, and he's been, he can he can probably pick 
pinpoint the better spots to be in compared to me where coming up as a linesman, I, I'm really good at icings and offsides. Whereas now it's positioning for a, a referee. It's it's a little bit more, for me, it, it probably it's taken me a little longer to get used to. Um, like, for example, if we go to a Sens game, I know a lot of a lot of regular fans will probably be watching the play, but the thing you most people don't realize is that if, if you're an official on ice, say in the junior level or whatnot in general, a lot of times like you go to a game and you'll catch us or whatnot finding like watching the referees more than more than the play sometimes just to figure out positioning wise and yeah and whatnot. I know a lot of times hockey Canada standard is different than say the NHL, but. Still, it's they. You can pick up some tricks from them, and then no one really realizes. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think you brought up an important point too. Like, I'm, I'm really happy when we get to have those conversations because I can pass on some of the stuff I've learned. But at the same time, nobody gets to where they are on their own. I mean, coming up, I looked up to a lot of guys. I'm sure all of us yeah. are the same. We yeah. we had guys that we really admired and really helped us out along the way. So, I think for any official out there that whether they're a veteran or whether they're more of a rookie, you know, seek out that help, offer up that help at the right time and place. Uh, growing up, I had a lot of really good mentors in PEI and then again in Nova Scotia when I got there. So name drop a couple of the guys in the island helped me out, like Thane Arsenault, uh, Tim Hamel, some really good uh, some really good officials there that helped me out. So I think as all of us progress up to more veteran roles, uh, we really owe it to the next guys to to have those conversations and pass along that knowledge wherever we can. Absolutely. Now that's, that's a great note to kind of wrap it up on. And boys, thanks very much for kind of taking your time out of uh, the playoff hockey season to chat. And uh, Mike, I want to, you know, leave you with the last word here of advice to, to the, to the listeners listening out there. What, what, what would you say to them? Skate hard. Uh, open ears. Keep your, keep your head up. Uh, basically just take, take everything with stride. Don't let, uh, any, any supervisor or any management put you down. Um, basically you're going to find bears in life. You just gotta be, you just gotta go past it. If there's a wall in front of you, just break it down. Um, just close up that cliche book anytime now. (laughs) (laughs) Just skate hard and keep going. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Well, boys, thanks very much for taking the time. And, uh, Go Leafs go, I guess. Yeah, bro. Thanks for having us. Thanks, I appreciate it. Cheers.